Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah, what up, what up? What's going on? It's Frequency, producer extraordinaire. You're checking out the mix with my man Six Cents and Nick Boogie. Let's go for it. Yeah. It's your boy Six Cents. Let's go. Commissioner. Uh. Yeah, you know what it is. From the moment you come over the bridge, and I'ma show you some shit. Eight million roaming the strip, and I hope you ain't alone in the crib. All right, ladies and gentlemen, it is New York HR. It's Anthony Ernesto, your host. And again, we are back. We didn't take this summer lull like everybody else. We're working our asses off. And what we're going to talk about today is something really near and dear to my heart. Because many years ago, I applied for a job and silence. I got nothing, no response, nothing, and I was go- now the kids are calling it ghosting. Uh, so I was ghosted by recruiters, and so today I have Katrina Collier, uh, who is an author, a speaker, uh, a contrarian. I, I-, I just love <laughs> Katrina. How are you doing today? Tell us a little bit about yourself, and then we'll talk Brilliant. about what we're going to talk about today. I'm sitting over here in in, in London with my feet up on the table in the sunshine, going. Yeah, this is a tough old job I've got. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Wait, I want to call bullshit on the fact that you have sunshine in London right now. Don't be rude. It's summer. (laughs) (laughs) Now, what happens is when all the Americans come to London, we put on our best gray weather. It's literally when you're all here, which is August usually. But it's honestly sunny. It gets very hot in my office in the afternoon. Um, So (laughs) I am Katrina Collier. I'm super excited that the Robot Proof Recruiter has just been published. However, everyone in America has to wait 20 more days. And there's there's much upset over that and quite a lot of jealousy going on, which is really cute. I'm loving that. Um, But I also (laughs) speak and facilitate sessions all around candidate engagement. So I believe we are now in a time where finding people's easy getting people to respond is really hard and keeping them in the process, hence the ghosting is even harder. But I just, as soon as I show you, saw your show, I'm like, I, I'm sorry, but I have to call BS on candidate ghosting. It's got to be done. Love it. Love it. And we, and listen, <laughs> we love calling BS. And of course, if you're new to the show, we like to call Put your bullshit on. on things. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. We love to call bullshit on, but we also provide a viewpoint and, and hopefully it's a contrarian one and mm-hmm. one that, that people like, but um, yeah. I, I really appreciate you being on the show. I'm excited about this one because it's, it's definitely near and dear to my heart. Yeah. And so what we're talking about today is this idea of candidate ghosting. It's this, yeah. this thing that's happening in the recruiting space these days. Yeah. And again, whatever, you know, ignoring, whatever you want to call it, you know, the millennials and the Zers are calling it ghosting, but we called it ignoring people. Um, And so ghosting sounds much cooler, uh, but this idea that you're (laughs) reaching out to candidates uh, and they're not getting back to you. So talk to me a little bit about what what this idea is. Okay. So to me, it's more than that. So to me, ghosting really happens when you say been to an interview or an offer and you don't hear back. So have I still got you? 
Anthony. Yep. Oh, I thought I lost you there for a second. I thought I'd just been ghosted on my call, which was quite funny. <laughs> just um, ghosted you, which would have been yeah, really awesome, by the way. That's really a funny, idea. really interesting <laughs> moment. I have noticed that technology keeps failing on me every time I get very impassioned and start swearing. It's quite hilarious. Um, but yeah, so it is really bad if people do apply for a role and it goes into a black hole and you never hear back. That's pretty bad, right? Because that's a really easy thing to yep. sort. But I think it's even worse when somebody's been through the interview process. So they have spent hours preparing coming in, interviewing to never hear back. And this has been going on for a good decade where recruiters have not been going back to people. So what's happening now is if you have people with highly sought after skills, they're just going, do you know what? You've treated me poorly through this recruitment experience. I'm going to stop replying to you. So you, it can even be where a recruiter gives a candidate an offer. They could have even signed the offer and they just don't start. They disappear. Huh. And it's and kind of funny because, yeah, it happens a lot. I mean, I, I, think, I, mean, we're in, I think it's kind of funny because we're in this strange situation now where we have so many avenues of communication. So I was thinking before I came on the call, I started having a chat with somebody on LinkedIn. We then switched to Messenger. We then switched to WhatsApp. Now, to keep track of that conversation is quite challenging, but it's like that person wants to use LinkedIn, Messenger, and WhatsApp. So me, if, I, if this was me as a recruiter, as opposed to me, what I do now, uh, it's up to me to change, to adapt to that person. But I think companies right. are still going, I'm just going to use email and I'm just going to use my applicant tracking system. So some of it is we have so many ways of communicating, but we're not using them. And the other thing is that just people are fed up. They're sick of being mistreated. Um, when I right. was researching, researching for the book, I mean, I already you know, knew a lot of this, but, you know, you're looking for really chunky examples. Just putting in like an X-ray search of Glassdoor interview reviews of never heard back. The results are staggering. <laughs> I mean, it's just huh. really monumentally high. And then if you go into Twitter, like you could do interview never heard back in inverted commas into Twitter and find hundreds and hundreds of tweets of people going, you know, I, I was so excited about this opportunity. I put all of my emotion into it and never heard back. So it's like, can recruiters please improve their own behavior first before they start saying that candidates are ghosting on them? Because I believe it's something we're not doing. Like we're not. So I, 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 I talk know. about this all the time, right? You have mm. HR people, you have recruiters. These are smart people, right? These are, yeah. uh, and, and should theoretically, be. but um, yeah. they should be right, exactly. <laughs> why? Like why? Like what would motivate someone to put someone through an interview process and then all of a sudden not reach out? And at the offer letter is mind blowing to me, by the way, it's like, you're yeah. already down. Like you agreed to get married and you're left at the altar. Like, um, so why, yeah. why do you think that's happening? Um, I think it comes down to several things. Really? So if we talk about, you know, a recruiter, I, I hear of recruiters having 30 to 45 roles each, which is just insane. So if a company doesn't want to go out and use agencies to recruit, they're hiring their own in-house recruiter and putting them under such incredible pressure that they actually just can't keep up with everything. So it's not necessarily intention, uh, intentional. They're just overwhelmed. Um, then you just get, um, oh, we're allowed to be graphic here, aren't we? Um, you just get hiring managers that are assholes that won't give feedback or they'll give feedback like, they just went right. Excellent. Thank you. How am I meant to feed that back? How is that human being who invested all of their time and energy into that interview meant to improve for the next one with, they just went right. <laughs> like, it, so there's that. Yep. And then I think 
there's not enough training for recruiters to push back on hiring managers and say, no, that's not good enough. And the reason it's not good enough is here are our glass door reviews. That's, that's stopping us from hiring because you won't get, invest the time with me up front. So there's like a lack of um, confidence to do that, perhaps is the right word. Um, so it's, oh, it's such a mix. I mean, you recruit, you know. It's, it's a... Yeah. It's, I, I do think... And I also think technology has gotten the way. We've got the wrong technology in place as well. When we, it's very easy to buy tech because it's got the latest bells and whistles and seems amazing, but actually no recruiter has helped create the technology. And therefore, right. you should just not buy that tech because <laughs> it won't help. It just won't help. <laughs> well, it's, it's interesting to me because I always equated recruiting to, we, we called it talent marketing. Um, and it's not a mm -hmm. BS kind of title. We truly believed in the fact that we were marketing for talent. But you think of a, a company, like a company like I work for, Suzy, we're a SaaS platform. Mm -hmm. So yeah. we have a marketing department. We spend money to get leads. Those leads come in and a, a sales development or an SDR, as we call them, sales development representative, mm -hmm. is, is reaching out to that lead and seeing if we can close a deal. Um, and we spend a ton of money across the board on sales mm -hmm. capital, like human capital and sales. Yep. And yet we're, you know, when you look at every survey that's done around CEOs, the number one concern, these are global Fortune 5, Fortune 1000 yep. companies, talent is the number one issue, and yet it's an area that we continuously underfund, understaff, yeah. right? Because I'm going back yeah. to the point of having 30 to 45 jobs open for a recruiter is insane. That's yep. like you wouldn't have an SDR working on 45 leads, right? You'd hire another SDR because you know you want to close deals, right? So yeah. why, you know, why are companies not investing? Can I tell you something even funnier on the back of that? This particular company has 4,000 staff and they all have a LinkedIn recruiter site. Yeah. Wow. None of so them are using it. Can you imagine how much money that is? Like, dollars. That's, I just sat myself when she told five me. Five trillion dollars. In right. Yeah, so I'm exactly. going to her, run a search, work out how many seats you need. It'll be 10. Delete the rest. And there's your budget. Like, there's your budget for onboarder, which is the most amazing onboarding tool. So candidates won't ghost because you're keeping in touch with them. So you guys only have a two-week notice period, whereas over here it can be four weeks. So you give me a contract to start a job or a letter of offer or whatever rubbish you want to call that ridiculously long thing that we have to sign. And I, I <laughs> like, I can lose in the process because in those four weeks or two months, as it could be, or even three, I'm getting so many job offers thrown at me. Because I'm visible on the internet, easy to find, like all people are. Sure. So job yep. offers, job offers, job offers. If you don't keep in touch. So I'm saying to her, why don't you just move the money and say, no, that's it. No more. No more LinkedIn recruiter seats. Forget it. Nobody's using them. This is stupid. We need the money. For me, me I need two more staff members at least. And could we you know, invest in some really good tech? So it was, it's just crazy. But then you get companies like, oh, no, no, we, we, need, we need them to have their 4,000 seats because someone's getting a backhander somewhere. Oh, sorry, that's cynical. <laughs> <laughs> so what's your, So you also talked about hiring manager feedback. So what, what, are you, yeah. what are some of your ideas? Like what are some takeaways from that? Like how can we improve that process? Mm, well, other than, sorry, small plug, but other than buy my book to read the chapter that I pretty well crowdsourced. Plug away, um, by the way. Plug, uh, away. plug away. So <laughs> Steve Levy, fellow New Yorker, and Myesha Cannon and Tanji Pettis 
helped me write the beginning of chapter five, which is about get your intake right. And in there, it is about not just sitting with the hiring manager and making sure that actually the job description is actually what you need. <laughs> you know, most of the time they just rip one out from two years ago, don't they? And throw it at you and say, find one of these. And they're not even relevant, you know. Right. But it also or, or goes copy from into, a competitor's site. Yep. Yeah. Let's have one of those. We don't need them, but let's have yeah. one of those. Um, but then it also goes into setting SLAs. So how to actually say, right, if you're going to interview on Friday, you're going to give me feedback by the end of play on Tuesday because we're going to go back to people within 48 hours. And then if we decide to go to the next round, it's going to be within these days. And it's like setting rules and setting boundaries and getting the buy-in from your hiring managers that they agree to that. Because you sort of have to show them how now with this beautiful transparent world that we live in, you know, the internet started it and then Google for Jobs just made it even more transparent because it brings the reviews right there in front of the candidates and kind of showing them how all of this transparency is impacting recruitment so that they have to agree to these SLAs or we're just not going to be able to hire. And you really do Hmm. want to hire the best people, right? (laughs) I mean, really? Theoretically. The most suitable people people for your company to make your company profitable. But here is, here is, you know, so I, I, I get all that. I, I, I agree yeah. with it, but I'm, again, going to be a bit contrarian here. Ah. I don't think managers do it. I don't, I think you put an nope. SLA, you do all these things. They're not, I, I think to me, it's, and I've, I've talked about this in my career, it's got to hit their pockets. Like money, yeah. follow the money and you follow yep. the intent, you follow the motivation. And so if there's, yep. there's a way to put it as part of their performance review For on sure. feedback and, and that kind yep. of like, you know, HR, your partner, whatever it is, provides feedback and they're hit in their pocket, they're then motivated to go, all right, you know, to, yep. to think about this, this idea of the war for talent and people want talented people. I think people just want to get their shit done. Um, yeah. Honestly. yeah, you want the right people. people. So when I said best done. people, right. when I said best people, I should have said right people, right? You just the right people sure. to make your company profitable. But going back to what you just said, to make that happen, really, HR either needs to be in the ear of the CEO or on the frigging board, which they're not, which is kind of crazy because the people are the thing that make the company profitable <laughs> at the end of the day. Yeah. That's that's too big a picture for me to go into that one on this show, but it, it, it's a too big a topic. But um, <laughs> for another show, it, it, I know. It's called and it's BS not even on, my on boards. <laughs> I, well, it's just kind of crazy. But you've kind of got it's got to come from the top down to those hiring managers as well as us bringing it up. So if we're bringing it, up, I shouldn't say that that way. They might be a peer, but you know, <laughs> if we can show them the reviews and show them the impact, and you've got the CEO saying it's going to affect your bottom line, but also for us to say. So if I don't get Anthony in, how much, how behind is that project going to get and how much is that going to cost you? You know, if it's particularly if you're working for a consultancy, oh, well, you, you're doing, um, what's it called? S-A-A-S, S-A-S. I always forget that one. Software as a service, exactly. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so if you're yeah, not technology. delivering that, if you can't get the staff. technology, yeah. Thank you, technology. I just couldn't think of that. There was double AS or S. It's like you're on the spot on these yeah. shows, yeah. But if you <laughs> couldn't couldn't get the right people in to deliver that to your customers, what's that going to cost? And it's like you have to constantly right. put it in their face all the time. What's that going to cost you if I don't get you that person? And you do if you do all of that in that intake and get their buy-in. But then, of course, you have to have the confidence to stand by the boundary you put in place. So it's like a yep. natural boundary. You know, we, we're not very good at setting those and sticking with them. 
by saying, this is how it's going to be. And then if you have a hiring manager that's not doing that, I think as an internal recruiter, you should know that your butt's covered by your management and you can just walk away and say, no, Anthony refuses to do what I've asked. He can't see the bigger implication. He's putting the business in jeopardy and future recruitment in jeopardy. I'm going to step away until he gets it. But we're pretty audacious. (laughs) In service. Yeah, I mean, listen, we're positioned as in service to the rest of the organization, so that's that's hard, right? That's hard to say, mm-hmm. I'm just going to stop servicing you uh, from a recruiting perspective, um, because you know, because then making, you're, you're the blocker. Yeah, you are the blocker, but the reason I'm being the blocker is that, look at these, there's a review. Here's somebody you definitely interviewed who's just written, I never heard back. Um, they treated me like dirt. The manager was arrogant. Like, you're not stepping up. I need you to step up. The world's transparent. The world's changed. You know, I I wrote a beautiful bit in the beginning of the book. When I started my career, I fell into the bank in like 30 years ago. Let's go with 30. Sounds better than the truth. And um, (laughs) actually, no, it's a bit under 30 years. I lie, actually. Under. Anyway, it was toxic as hell. The second in charge is being sick at lunchtime. I was reduced to tears by making the most ridiculously small um, mistake because I was trainee for goodness sake but it was carrot of a stick but when the internet started showing what it was like to work in a company all of a sudden employee engagement matters you know are your people happy we've got well-being programs we care about mental health we didn't care about that 25 30 years ago so but in a way a lot of the managers probably started out when i did and actually don't even realize unless they're lucky like me you know kind of got out and see it big picture because i go in and out of so many companies but they don't realize in their bubbles that actually the world really is different now and really what, how they're behaving is impacting recruitment. And they just yeah. have to change whether they want to or not. So and are you fun because I get to do that. <laughs> are you seeing a trend from, you know, some of the traditional manager profiles to, you know, the millennials who theoretically are more woke, quote unquote, um, are you seeing a trend where they are responding, are providing more feedback, or is it still sort of the same, uh, the same old, same old, even with newer, um, you know, younger managers? I, I don't. I, I refuse to go into generational typecasting because I don't believe in it. Because <laughs> um, I'm the most millennial Gen X you'll ever meet. Um, <laughs> so uh, I think people are people, and some people will be afraid to give feedback, whatever their age. So therefore. Some will give it and some won't give it. And, and if they're not taking the task on it, if they're not made to own it, if they're not taught how to do it. So my friend Sue Ingram has written this amazing book called um, Firewell, which she, she, her job is to teach managers and baby managers especially how to fire someone so they'll thank you. But it's also about difficult conversations. So all of your managers yeah. shouldn't just be promoted and left to die, which is pretty well what happens. They, they should be promoted and given training on how to have difficult conversations, how to give feedback, how to give something constructive. Because all of yeah. those people yeah. that come into interview, all of those candidates, they're humans with feelings and emotions. They just want to improve. They want to know what they did wrong, that somebody else got the role over them. Or, or perhaps it was just a smidgen of a thing. And actually it, didn't, it was like, oh, God, it really was down to the wire. We just couldn't pick between you. So... Yeah, I love it. I mean, we subscribe to, you know, something very similar to to Sue's methodology, which is uh, Mm. the radical candor. 
So um, mm-hmm. really love that because the idea is that you have to care personally and challenge directly, which is yeah, which is a key factor in in feedback. But um, by I, the way, Steve, one thing I'll say about that though, of the show. Ah, oh, did he? Uh, yeah. I do so love shout him. out, he, shout out to he, Steve, the old, Steve, the old format of the show. He was on board. Steve and I had and, a uh, ball when Steve. he was. He had a ball when he was just over here in London. Yeah, uh, he's my CC. Very special man to me. <laughs> Um, just something on the radical candor though, and you'll find a podcast, um, on Phil Wilcox, emotion at work, me talking about an unhealed victim of child abuse. And I'm now not, I have now like completely healed my child abuse, but to give me radical candor, no matter how well intended it was, would have led to complete breakdown in tears, or I rip your jugular out. It never came (laughs) back with how how it would come back now where I would just calmly answer you. So though I really agree with it, I do think there needs to be an education around if somebody's really, really prickly, they have had serious stuff go down because most of us shouldn't be that defensive. And I think it's like, I was just impossible to give feedback to until I worked through my stuff. Um, And I've now worked through it and I like, I'm a completely different person, very relaxed. Now you can say what you want. And I'm like, Oh, okay. That's interesting. Interesting. Um, But yeah, just if you get something like that, it might be worth pulling out my podcast and having a listen. Um, Yeah. It doesn't compete with you at all, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. I love it. Um, So the last piece of of the equation you talked about was Mm. tech, right? So this shiny object, whether it's AI, recruiting bots, whatever it is, um, what's the answer there, right? Because you wrote the book is Mm -hmm. the robot proof recruiter, right? So you obviously have a position, a strong one on this. Um, I do. What are your thoughts around tech? And is there anything that's literally blowing your hair back in in the technology space? Oh, definitely. So, look, uh, yeah, it was a bit tongue-in-cheek, call it the robot-proof recruiter. Like I, I, I've already mentioned the bank. When I was in the bank, automatic tellers were going to replace us all. But there are still cashiers or tellers or whatever you like to call them in the bank. There are still humans you can go to to take money out, right, for a mundane transaction. Yep. And you're kind of going, career? I'm going to give my career to a robot? I think not. You know, it, it's already got to that point where candidates don't respond to recruiters because they've got so much spam. I just can't believe that on the outreach, like on the sourcing messaging side, that people will respond to a robot. I mean, I actually had a robot call about an hour ago for apparently I've had a car accident, which I haven't, by the way. But it's like, oh, go away. It's more noise. (laughs) However, that said, once they've landed on your career site, for example, I think that's an amazing time. So you've got Zalando. uh, There's two examples in the book. One is Zalando in Germany, where once people arrive, they keep them on the site because they use the little bot thing to, you know, the, the chat body thing to direct them around the website and give them the information they need. And if they can't automatically give them the information, then a human steps in and gives it to them. So like as a joke, I said, um, what color is Chris Raw's beanie? Cause Chris was behind the, the bot, uh, the chat bot. And I got a human answer because he came back and answered me. And then on Yodel's website, they've got one to, you can actually deselect yourself out because they're always looking for couriers. So you go through all of these questions and then one is, can you carry something that's 30 kilos? So I went, no. And that went, oh, I'm sorry, Katrina, this isn't for you. And I'm like, excellent. So that's yeah. when it's great. Um, the other one is onboard or enboarder, E-N-B-O-A-R-D-E-R. It seems to be the only tool that will actually get you to send stuff in that, notice period time. Again, I know you guys have only got two weeks, but even still, 
And it's stuff like gifts and videos and like, this is what the office looks like. This is what, how your first day is. You're going to walk in and this is who you're going to sit next to. And we've got all your kit ready. And it's like really making people feel less stressed about their first day. And stuff like that will stop ghosting. You just have to go above and beyond all the way through everybody. Yep. And I think where it's also great is the recruiter's job to me is now from how you look online like, do you look worthy of someone's time? Does your company, are you getting that intake right? Are you then doing great messaging job description? Then they're responsible for all the interviewing. And then now they're responsible for actually onboarding how they're treated and how they come out the other side because all of that will impact their ability to hire because if you don't onboard them well, it's something like 45% of people decide in the first week if they're staying. So if right. you don't onboard someone well, they're going to go out and say, well, I started and it was crap. Don't go there. Let's stop shamaring. <laughs> if you don't treat them well through the, their employment life cycle, then they're going to talk about it. And if you don't offboard them properly, then they're also going to talk about you. So it's like, hmm. In a way, yep. it's like you've got to keep an eye on everything. It's not fair to a recruiter, but that's how it is. Yeah. No, I it love it. Me. I love the idea of N-border uh, <laughs> um, and the technology. Um, I, you know, and is it N-border? I keep pronouncing it incorrectly. I think like I French, like, oh, I, oh, oh, oh. It's I'll, not N-border. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, we, 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 uh, we kill the language here in the U.S. anyway, so. Uh, <laughs> yeah. By the way, my little so, poll what? on Twitter, my poll's doing really well. So uh, did recruiters create candidate ghosting through their own behavior? I've got 15 votes. I did only put it up a little while ago. Um, and we are, yeah, sadly, yes, 93%. So don't be mean as Audra. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> yeah. So go vote on my poll. It's on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, so they're saying it's uh, go to, yeah, go to Katrina, Katrina's Twitter Katrina and, M. and vote Collier. on that. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Cool. Very cool. So, um, yeah, so we have about, you know, four minutes left. You know, we're trying to keep yep. it to the 30 minutes. Uh, hopefully no one fell asleep yet. Um, this has been, been really cool. <laughs> we actually have two folks. I've never done this part of the show, and I'm gonna I'm gonna try it out here. We have we have a couple okay. of folks on the line. So oh wow, have, uh, it's probably Levy. One Let's of them will be Levy. <laughs> oh maybe it's uh, somebody named Debbie here. I'm gonna see if we can get you on the line, I love Debbie. Debbie. Hold on one second. Let's see what happens. <clears throat> Let's Hi, see. Debbie. Debbie, are you there? Debbie. Debbie, are you there? Can you hear me? I, yes. Hi, Debbie. We, yes. Hi. Welcome to the show. I've never had a, Such a, a great guest. show. Thank you so much, Debbie. Where? Who are you? Where are you from? And do you have a question? Um, I'm a lifelong stalker of Katrina Collier. I, <laughs> I hang on her every word. Um, no, she's, she's in the book. Is, <laughs> Katrina is where I've learned all of my tricks. When I stopped being awesome. able to find candidates, um, I said, what the hell is going on? And I stumbled across Katrina, and she basically taught me everything I was doing wrong. And so, then, I, and the, and then so. I put her on page 39 in the book. <laughs> <laughs> ah, perfect. Awesome. And Debbie, what do you do? Are you you're a recruiter? Where do you work? I do. I, uh, I uh, am the CEO of a company called H2B, which is human to business consulting. And um, basically, my company is an extension of 
uh, Katrina's thought um, on recruiting, which is that really at the end of every transaction is a human being with a mortgage mm-hmm. payment and a family and yeah. someone who's trying yeah. to uh, maintain a level of self-respect. And um, ghosting is, uh, this is something that Katrina and I have, we've, uh, we've talked about in the past. We have. One of the reasons that, it's one of the reasons that people despise recruiters. It's because they um, feel that recruiters don't treat them with dignity. And, yeah. and um, yeah. so it's payback, isn't it? Missing. They're just, they're they're just paying them back. Yeah, yep. yep. that's and, right. You know, you're a record, you have record unemployment. You have all these folks, uh, you know, mm-hmm. getting two or three offers before you even contact them. So, yeah, yeah. It's, right. it's a candidate market. And, and I don't know if we'll ever shift back to a recruiter market. Obviously, we'll have dips in the market and, and, and unemployment will go I, up. But I don't Debbie, think we will because to, of technology, because of the transparency. I don't think we can ever go back. True. Yeah. No, I totally agree with that. I absolutely agree. I think, and you, you mm. always have to differentiate, even though if the market gets less competitive for mm. talent, you still have to differentiate because you're always going to have Google's Amazon and all these other companies. But yeah. my question for Debbie, um, since we are a, a show calling bullshit on things, is there anything that you would like for us to call bullshit on before we, uh, we go to our <laughs> next caller, Debbie? Oh, we lose you, Debbie. Are you thinking? I think we lost we her. We might have lost Debbie. All uh, right. Have well, to, Debbie, have thanks for calling you. in. <laughs> thanks so for calling we another... in. We're going to go. Yeah, we're going to go to Gabby now. Let's, oh. let's see. This Gabby, so cool. are you there? Gabby? Hello. Gabby hasn't got her headset on. <laughs> Can't Gabby hear may be on mute. <laughs> all right all right well we we did one Aww, we had one we that tried. was an unprecedented moment <laughs> unprecedented moment uh on the show i've never done that before uh um, yeah so that was awesome Every so is today is just done. awesome so. yeah yeah thank you for calling bullshit on candidate ghosting if you were to You're leave welcome. our audience with one aha thing that people can tweet um what would that be no pressure. Take the time to think about your interview process and like how you would feel going through it. Actually run through your interview process beginning to end. Literally apply everything. But just take a few moments to think about how you would feel if you were changing jobs. What fears you would have. You know, like um, Debbie mentioned that, can I pay my mortgage? Can I pay the rent? Can I pay the school fees? Just think about what experience you would like to have and then go deliver that. I love it. Anything else? So you got the book coming out. It's already released in the UK. Uh, We're a little bit delayed here in the US. We have 20 days. Is that what you're saying? I know. It's so rude. I don't know why that happens like that. So um, I don't even Uh, think you can get it faster from the publisher. uh, Are there tariffs maybe that we're (laughs) – I'm kidding. Uh, Not to get into politics. (laughs) No, we're not doing that. (laughs) I have global entry to the US. I will not lose it. Awesome. Fantastic. Well, you're welcome here anytime. Thank you. Thank you. So much, Katrina. You've been so much fun. Thank you for calling bullshit Thank on Canada Ghosting. We wish you the best with the book. And if you Thank need you. to if people need to get to you, if they want to talk to you, they wanna where what are what are the channels? Where are you sort of most active on, on social? 
Everywhere. I honestly Google me. Everywhere. <laughs> I like, I'm like over me. the first, I know it's dreadful. I'm like the first 20 pages of Google. Um, so yeah, I mean, you can go to Boring LinkedIn if you wish. Um, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, you name it. Um, I, and yeah, you know, I'm very easy to find. Obviously I have a website and everything. So awesome. very easy to find. And make very. sure you're, you go to, go, go to your, wherever you buy books, the robot proof recruiter proof out recruiter. now in the UK. Yep. Um, oh, I'm and, sorry. And one more thing. US. If they sure. send me a LinkedIn, if they send me a LinkedIn invite to connect, I expect it to be personalized to say, I heard you on this show. <laughs> Perfect. I love it. That's so my mom is the only listener to the show. So she'll, she'll, I'll make sure she does. I love it. I look forward to meeting. All right. (laughs) Katrina, have a a wonderful sunny day in London. Thanks for being part of the show. Thank you for having me. Take care. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.